All right, so this is going to be a surprise for Graham. This is the first time we've ever done this where Graham has no idea who the guest on the podcast is. I'm really excited. I've kept a great secret. Do you have anything to say? I have no idea. I have no clue. Under promise and over deliver is usually a motto I like to go by. Uh, Hello, 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 Graham. Hey. Do you have any idea yet? We keep Uh, talking. How's it going? Good to be here. D'Angelo Wallace. You got it. There oh you go. My there God. you go. No way. <laughs> yep. No way. Yep. Hey. Welcome to the 54th ever episode of the Ice Coffee Hour podcast. My name is D'Angelo Wallace. And so far, the podcast has made $66,149.80. Woo. That was, that was awesome. The best one so far. <laughs> I loved it. That's, <laughs> that was awesome. What a surprise. D'Angelo, thank hey, you. I'm just glad to be here. Thank you so much for doing this. How did this come about? How did you? How did this happen? We have the same sponsor agent, Mary. Mary. Yep. Wow. And yep. Was was it? Was this Mary's doing? I asked her the other the other people that she 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 does brand deals for, and uh, D'Angelo came up, and I said, "Wow, like I'm a fan of D'Angelo, and I know Graham loves his content mm-hmm. as well." So. I'm just surprised that it, I mean, you're, you're so gracious to come on here. You're so kind to come on here. Oh no, I'm just, you know, nobody has much going on nowadays. I enjoy talking to people. I'm just excited to see what we're going to get into today. Well, thank you so much, man. Have you seen our content before all of this or not so much? Um, actually I am familiar with your channel specifically because of one video you made. I don't remember the exact title. But I show it to my actual, the people in my life. It was about how much you're making from YouTube or something along those lines. <laughs> and in it, you kind of get into specifics about how you got started and how you were working a full-time job, but doing YouTube full-time at the same time. And I actually related to a lot of things in that video, just because the way I got started has similar origins in terms of me having to make it my full-time job even when it wasn't paying me like that so yeah i actually really appreciate um the content you put out and even when people don't like necessarily get what i'm saying like no anyone can do youtube from any stage you just got to put stuff into it and things will come out of it i show them that video that's awesome man well thank you how did you get started because I saw your video. What was it? What was it? The the moment was it the moment Shane Dawson's career and what what was the, the title? Exact the exact moment. What, yeah. what was the of title? Of course. Um, the exact moment Shane Dawson's career ended, and then a timestamp. How did you think? <laughs> Very of, direct title. How did you think of that title? Well, honestly, I'm going to be frank. I just need people to click. So I figured instead of you know fluff or anything like that. It would just be like a headline style title because now I've made it a definitive statement. So you kind of got to see why exactly I think it's thus. Wow. How did you get started? Um, I started YouTube. Well, for context, I've been creating videos since before I ever uploaded them to YouTube. Like when I was 13 years old, we had this horrifyingly slow computer in the hallway. It would crash if you loaded up windows movie maker i'm not sure how that works but i would use it to make like little fake commercials and stuff like that and then i wound up going to school for mass communication with a concentration in digital film and television production so i was still making videos um all throughout my teenage years and then into adulthood and then finally in 2018 i want to say it was 2017 or 2018 i would have to check i uploaded a video 
with audio narration to YouTube. And that happened to take off for me. And from there, I've been through a couple of niche changes, but it's been all uphill, I guess, the rest is history for me. Wow. How did you get into the, uh, I don't want to say the, the drama niche, but commentary. Yeah. How did you fall into that? Yeah, drama, tea, commentary, all of that stuff. I really just talk about it because it mirrors conversations that I have outside of YouTube. I feel like the best YouTube videos are when you can tell if that person was right in front of you, they would just say the exact same thing. So all the things like my friends or I would come to me and ask me about like, hey, do you know what's going on with this? And I would be like, yeah, actually, I do know what's going on with that. I started just um, putting them into video format just because I enjoy analyzing situations. I enjoy breaking things down. I especially enjoy looking for angles where maybe I can use a trending topic to make a larger point about something that's been weighing on me for a while. So I would say it was a natural progression, just if you look at kind of where I wound up in the commentary space. But I'm pretty grateful because people do seem to enjoy the videos. How long do they take you to make? Because I'm watching these <laughs> videos and it's like an hour long of super well-researched yeah. content i know and and thank you i never watch video rarely do i watch a video more than like 20 minutes rarely but for me to put on a video watch it in regular speed for an entire hour says a lot and it's like it's what's watching a minute it's like it's a movie how long does well, it like you. walk us through that process of creating a video like that? Like, how do you mm -hmm. come up with the topic? Do you, how do you plan it out? How do you gather information? How do you edit it? Like just everything. I'm intrigued. Well, by I would say everything is reverse engineered, starting with um, audience retention. Like before I think about click through rate or anything like that, the most important thing to me is like, if I'm going to be putting this much work into a video how am i going to make sure that people are actually watching the video so i would say the reason people kind of get like you know docu vibes or things like that from my videos is because i absolutely always adhere to a three-act structure even if i don't necessarily verbalize that or lampshade that in the video all of the long videos i've uploaded recently i've written a synopsis i treat the um people i'm talking about as if they're characters in the story because we all are at the end of the day i just try to make sure i'm telling the most accurate version of that and then I instead just try to present the video as if it was something you might find on Netflix instead of just some dude ranting in his room. And then for um, laughs, I add all the rants back in after I make sure that all of my information is correct and the structure is good enough to facilitate actually sitting through a one hour video. So I would say in terms of how long that takes me. I might get the initial idea for a video a couple months before I actually start working on it just because there's a lot of people watching the videos. I've got to make sure it's not a situation that's going to randomly change details halfway through and then, you know, leave me with egg on my face. So once I've actually locked in a topic, which might take a few weeks, it's relatively straightforward. I draft up the outline. Um, I make sure the synopsis is solid. And from there to the day it goes live, it could be anywhere from three weeks to maybe a month and a half or so. Like for example, one of my videos or rather the most recent video I uploaded on that channel was about, um, you know, COVID-19 and a lot Influence of interesting things 19, that influencers yeah. are doing. Yes. Right. And I would say that video is one I got the idea for a couple months before I actually got into it. And then the process of it took 
maybe a month and a half, two months or so. But yeah, I try I try not to linger on things too much just because perfectionism is not what's going to <laughs> drive the algorithm forward. Instead, I just try to make sure I'm factual and entertaining. Wow. So when, when you're planning through something like that, what happens if you're not in the mood? Because don't you have to be like just inspired about a topic to really get that like authenticity and excitement coming through? Absolutely. Uh, I have scrapped entire video topics, ones that I have put a lot of work into just because I feel like the easiest thing, like a lot of people don't necessarily know what goes into a YouTube video, right? There's a bit of magic, a bit of things that get left unsaid between the viewer and the YouTuber. But I feel like one thing that you can't really hide is if you're watching someone who doesn't actually care about what they're saying. That is just... I feel like it comes through from the very first sentence of a video. So even if I start feeling for a moment like, you know what? I actually don't think that this is worth talking about for this long. I started, I tried to make it work. It didn't pan out. I will scrap the video topic. I would say I've done that two major times because obviously that's not great for business. But there was just two times when I was like, this seems like something that would get views. This is definitely something I could turn into a good video. But that being said... I just don't see myself being able to bring the same level that I have in previous videos. And so I'm really not afraid to let time pass between uploads. I know that's the one thing you've got to be consistent. So I have my other channel for that where I'm very consistent. But as far as the channel with the longer uploads, if it takes me a couple months to make sure I have something that's worth watching, I'll take that just because I know the um, ratios are so high in that channel specifically because people know I'm not there to waste my time. So I'm not going to waste their time either. What are the two videos you scrapped? One of them was about, uh, it was just supposed to be this magnum opus about kids' channels, not the cool ones that, like, you know, my little family members watch, but the awful ones that, you know, use their platform for wrong. And, like, even though I had edited the intro and I found somebody to sponsor a video with such a dark topic and I had hyped it up a little bit. I was just starting to realize, hey, this is actually a little bit depressing, <laughs> a little, just a tad depressing. I don't want to make a one hour video about the worst of the worst. So I kind of just put that one on the shelf. You never know. The outline's still good. Maybe I'll come back to it if I just feel the need. Um, and then I would say the other major video I scrapped was just supposed to be a surprise follow up to one of um, the videos I had uploaded. But halfway through, I was like, you know what? I don't think we need a part two. I said everything that I meant in the first video. So we're just going to move forward and there's always new things to cover anyway. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Stamps.com. Are you still making those long and cumbersome trips to the post office while blasting that Nickelback album that was released in 2005? Well, it is time to eliminate the trip to the post office and stop paying full price for postage with Stamps.com. That's right. Aside from the time savings you get with Stamps.com, you can get discounts up to 40% off post office rates and up to 60 66% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. It is a must-have for any business. With all of that saving, it's almost like turning your computer into Jerome Powell's money printer for your business. But seriously, Stamps.com is a no-brainer, and that is exactly why nearly 1 million small businesses already use it. With the ability to print postage 24-7 for any letter or package right from your computer, stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There is no risk, and with my promo code ICH, you get special 
offers that include a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. And there's no long-term commitment or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in ICH. That's stamps.com promo code ICH. Stamps.com, never go to the post office ever again. Thank you so much, stamps.com, for sponsoring this episode and back to the podcast. That's fair enough. Are you want to go? Yeah. Quick question. How helpful were your college studies in like photography and video and stuff (laughs) like that to creating these like amazing hour long YouTube documentaries? Thank you. Well, (laughs) I'll say this. I learned a lot in college about how to write and I feel like writing is like my secret superpower. No one really thinks about it too much, but that is the backbone of everything I've posted. That's like over a certain time frame is just my writing ability, which I'm trying to hone day in and day out. I even write things and then not turn them into videos just so I can get that practice. But that's it. Anything that you see visually, like even right now, my bright setup, I've got kind of like this daylight emulation thing going on and you know what are my angles and what equipment do i need to use and why does everything sound so crisp i got all of that from youtube Hmm. so i try not to be bitter about it because i'm like you know what no it's fine i learned how to write in school that's the thing that you learn how to do when you're in school but as far as teaching me how to like make video i really had to get out there and do it all myself if you're interested in doing this kind of thing like you do not need to go to school you absolutely can watch the same youtube videos that i consumed and get some like binger quality yeah i was the same way i learned everything from youtube i would say now like Basically, half my adult life is just learned from YouTube. If there's something you don't know, there's already a YouTube video on it. Someone's nice and explaining it. Not only that, but sometimes you could comment on those old videos, like three years old, on like niche topics. And you comment, hey, I got a question about this. They'll respond. And they get so into it when you you comment on an old video like that. And you're like, wow, someone watched it from three years ago. Um, I love it. But going back to that video you scrapped... um, I was about to say that sounds like a really interesting topic that I think even though even though it might be a little bit dark, couldn't that still be a benefit to highlight a potential issue? Like what what did you find from that video? Because I almost want to learn a little bit about what's going on. And I feel like it might be important oh, that's to, a to highlight. Great that. question. Yeah. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I still have all the research done. So the synopsis for this video was like an expository uh, documentary style video like an hour long minimum about nine youtubers that i had selected of course i don't want to run through the names today some of them very well known some of them not but they were eerily study they were eerily similar case studies to me about how easy it is to build up a following and then kind of use that following for the wrong reason and so my main thesis for this video was Maybe we can look into ways of preventing this from happening in the future instead of just getting shocked every time it happens. As far as potential solutions, unfortunately, I was just more so going to make the case of like, you've got to be careful in terms of, um, you know, kids watching content because YouTube, thankfully, does not just, you know, ban people left and right, which I think is a good thing that they don't do that. You've kind of got to be <laughs> the van hammer in your own um, kid's life. Just make sure like... They're not interacting. Just stranger danger never went away. And I think parasocial relationships, in a way, have convinced an entire generation of children that stranger danger is not an issue anymore. So 
that's kind of just where I was going to go with the video. And honestly, I really do still like that thesis so much. I may still see if I can turn it into something or get something out of it. Because I feel like it's an important point to make. Especially just if you look at nowadays the way people get so obsessed with internet personalities, it kind of winds up excusing a multitude of sins. And I think there's interesting psychological aspects at play. But bottom line, you've just got to be careful. What are the dangerous aspects? Because the first thing that comes to mind, I'm like, it's advertising. It's like it's it's getting to their emotions and having them go, mommy, daddy, I got to get the new the merch just dropped. I got to get the merch. And it's like some $80 shirt. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. What is the danger from your perspective? Maybe I'm totally off. Maybe it's something something else. I don't know. There's there's a range of behaviors, undisclosed advertising or just flat out misleading advertising to kids is definitely a pretty big one. There are some great videos about that, though, already like um. I, be- I want to say Nerd City, perhaps, yes. has a video along those lines. Yes. Um, but in terms of just the, um, I guess, immediate danger, the imminent danger of the people I, select- I had selected, it was more so people who would, like, establish inappropriate creator-fan relationships, whether that was through DMs or things like that. And so... Some of these people, like when they got caught, they were just kind of like, oh, that's it. The jig is up. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it is. And then other people are just still uploading and getting hundreds of thousands of views like nothing happened. And it's just like, I feel like people don't realize maybe the extent to which this sort of thing happens. Just it's really interesting. But at the same time, I was going to be careful with the video to not kind of do a repeat of um I don't remember which adpocalypse it was or how many we've been through, but do you remember there was that one scare in the media of like YouTube is running a secret ring of like inappropriate videos? Oh yeah, yeah. that was yeah. Um, Pay Money Wubby did oh, that video. What? Yeah, it was Pay Money Wubby, and that was like uh, yeah. I mean, we won't go into too much detail here, but yeah, it was basically a series of videos like. The algorithm was so in tune to what people wanted to watch that if you started going down the rabbit hole of videos on YouTube featuring people who are underage, the algorithm would be like, here's more, here's more, here's more. Kind of messed up. And then when you're in it, then it's like, then it like hyper focuses into a community of people on YouTube commenting on underage creators channels. Uh, inappropriate remarks and like networking with each other. It was wild. It was Pay Money Wubby's video highlighted this. And it was because of his video that uh, I believe YouTube really changed their policies. And that's where they started like saying this is, is this is meant for children. And then if it is, um, you can't comment on those videos. They, yeah. they got very selective about like which videos are recommended. But yeah, it's, it's up to the creators, I feel like, to bring awareness to these topics. Because you would have no idea. Um, uh, you know, even, even for, for pay money, what, like, I, I don't know how you find stuff like that, but, but I would imagine that YouTube, like you wouldn't think of something like that until it gets brought to your attention. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I find like a lot of things that go on that people just have no idea about are what happens when you sign out. Like I noticed YouTube is an extremely different platform when I'm signed out versus when I'm signed in. Because when I'm signed in, it's a lot of streamers, a lot of uh, commentary channels, obviously, because that's my niche. And so I watch a lot of that content as well for inspiration and entertainment. But then when I sign out, it's like, what is this website and why do all these videos have like 15 million plus views and i've never seen any of them it's like almost most people this is not my original idea by the way i want to 
was it true Gooden? someone has already done the theory behind this but there are like bubbles on youtube and a lot of us are within i would say like the main youtube bubble we consider ourselves youtubers or youtube enthusiasts we watch you know car videos beauty videos commentary etc anything like that that you think of when you think youtube but there are other bubbles that we rarely cross over into for example kids youtube i feel like the majority of adults are not 100 familiar with kids youtubers which makes sense unless you of course you have a kid so that was another thing too you actually jogged my memory one of the things i was going to mention was part of why people keep getting away with this sort of thing is because understandably nobody's there to see what's really going on except the kids and the creators so when there's no sort of like anybody watching and being like hey this is really weird don't you think you should call this out just the most nonsense things wind up happening but yeah i find youtube as a whole just pretty fascinating in terms of the way the website subdivides itself <laughs> every few years into various communities and the interplay between them for sure yeah so it's okay so your danger was then the relationships that creators were making with an audience that was maybe too impressionable is that was that your yeah angle? for okay. sure like there's a there's a range of this right like maybe um you've got creators who are just trying to scam kids with the free iphone giveaway that's like i would say mild obviously not good but then if you want to scale it upward we have like the austin jones of the world's god forbid so it's just like anywhere between there basically you just gotta be careful i would say and it's like something i'm familiar with too just because i don't have any kids yet but my siblings for example are a lot younger than me so sometimes i'll just like see what they're watching and i'm just like wow if i wasn't in this room right now like no adult really would have seen this <laughs> no one would know like what these kids channels uh, are pumping out it's so strange do you have insurance um what kind of insurance media insurance um no what do you mean oh you got to get insurance man go and get media insurance it's going to cost you anywhere from five to fifteen oh and even fifteen my i pay twelve thousand dollars a year for media okay. insurance that covers me in the event something were to come up and i say the wrong thing i think especially when you start going into those areas be important to have insurance hopefully you'll never need it but the mm -hmm. last thing that i'd want to see happen to you is you say something about like a creator even if you cover it objectively and they say, you know what? You painted me in a bad light. I disagree with that. That's not true. My business suffered. I lost out a sponsorship. And all of a sudden now, like, you know, I, you know I'm not making money anymore. Well, then they come mm -hmm. to you and they say, well, you know what? I'm going to be suing D'Angelo Wallace uh, for, for spreading these rumors that are not true. Um, even if you cover it objectively and you kind of report right. facts, you might want to do I, I'm just like, it's a tax write-off. And it's good peace of mind. I like I, tax write-offs. Yeah, <laughs> I would do it. I would do it for the first two years. Uh, I did not have any sort of media insurance. And then when I came out with my video about uh, Apple, like I got sued by Apple. No way. So many. Yeah, well, I mean, that was just an April Fool's joke. But I, so basically I made a video about why I'm not getting the Apple credit card. And it got like, a I million, see, I see. It, it got like a million views in like two days. And... April Fool's was coming up, so I thought, oh, it would be really funny if I made a video, I'm getting sued by Apple. And I okay, post that video, funny. I'm getting sued by Apple. And that video blew up, and I think it got like 700,000 views the first day. On a channel, by the way, where I think I had like 300, 400,000 subscribers max. Yeah. And I got really like worried. I'm like, oh my, like, is this bad that I'm like lying on an April Fool's joke right. that Apple sued me? 
And so, of course, I call the insurance company and uh, I was like, hey, I want to get media insurance. I set it up. They call me back like a few hours later and they said they're denying me coverage. And I said, what? Why? They said, because you're in the middle, like you're getting sued. Like you, we can't, we can't cover you after you're getting sued. I'm like, okay, no, that's you gotta iconic. You got to watch the ending. It was a, a joke. And then sure enough, it's like, no, it's fine. But uh, still. I would That's do that. hilarious. It's worth it. Yeah, no, it's, definitely yeah. something I would look into. It wouldn't be the first time I've had people who didn't agree with my, you know, analysis of situations trying to come after me. How often does that happen? Are you worried about that? Um, I wouldn't say I'm overly worried specifically just because I consider it important to fact check everything. Thankfully, I don't have any videos on my channel that are just like blaringly wrong information or like i had to make something up to be sensational so for the most part i find that people find it difficult to really get mad at just me you know showing here's what happened and here's what i think about it but um i've definitely had incidents in the past where i guess somebody did not appreciate my analysis of the situation and they uh tried to escalate it into like a weird legal situation but thankfully it didn't pan out how do they try to do that? You don't. You don't have to say who it is, but like, okay, how, well, how would they do? You, would, do they make a video response or? Right, right, right. So yeah. you would think, or at least I would think, right. First yeah. of all, people make all kinds of videos about me. I really don't think like it's my job to make sure that this person goes down. But let's say I was thinking along those lines. I probably would just try to get the video taken down or something like that. That's my assumption. But no, instead, this individual tries to convince everyone that I doxed them um, and that I was actually, they reported me to the police. I think they explicitly said that and that they can't talk about it anymore because now it's being investigated. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Ladder. Life is amazing and full of beautiful surprises. Whether my ears are being blessed by my favorite pianist, I'm admiring the inspiring marine life at my favorite lookout, or I'm eating all-you-can-eat sushi with some of my best friends. It's moments like these that act as a constant reminder of how beautiful life is and exactly why it should be protected. On that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially long-term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a little bit each month to protect the the ones that you love. If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. And there are no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the perfect time to cross it off your list. So check out Ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. Go to ladderlife.com slash iced coffee. That's ladder, L-A-D-D-E-R, life.com slash iced coffee. Ladderlife.com slash iced coffee. Thank you so much, Ladder, for sponsoring this episode and back to the podcast. So that was a lot different than, hey, I'm just going to try to use uh, copyright tools to get your video taken down. So I had to go on like this extended part two of like hey i definitely didn't dox anyone i understand you might not have liked what was in that video but i don't know why we're trying to go down this path and of course nothing came of it because nothing was filed because nobody was doxxed but yeah people i don't know i just feel like just reach out to me maybe <laughs> say yeah. hey do, do you do you um do you want to have like an open line of communication but yeah no people really do the most i would say <laughs> is there anyone that you would be nervous to make a video about or any concept you'd be nervous to make a video about due to like le mm. legal repercussions? Legal repercussions, not necessarily. Well, I would have to think about it because I tend to do like risk assessment in the planning phase before I ever actually commit to a video. So, but I don't know. In terms of that, I would say YouTubers are 
kind of good about not trying to take any and everything down. I mean, there's a precedent established. I forget the year, but um, when Matt, what's his name? I forgot, tried to sue H3H3 and then that got taken mm-hmm. all the way to court and a precedent was set there. So most of the time I don't have to um, like factor that into it because honestly, it probably wouldn't wind up going well as long as everything is fair use. But that being said, I still just try to be rather be safe than sorry because like who really wants the headache of it all and i do definitely recognize with so many people watching the videos it's just important to me that the content in the videos is accurate something that stands the test of time something that people can come back again because they were able to verify independently that what was in there was correct and that saves me a lot of problems versus just an approach of i have to be right and i have to get this topic right the second before it fizzles out you know what i mean yeah do you have people reaching out after you make a video on them um i don't check so i i um yeah i don't really read my dms or even check my email uh my manager helps me out with that just because i don't really need to know for the most part i would say yeah i've noticed too on youtube you're very much right there seems to be a line between different creators where it's like you don't take their video down like, that's too far. Yeah. Like you could make a video about them. You could call them out. You can get angry, but you don't take their video down. That's, like, the biggest no-no because they know for themselves, like, how they would feel getting a video taken down is the same for somebody else. So that's, like, that's the line. Yeah. Nobody crosses that. If you're unhappy with a video, you make a response to it. That's the proper way. Even when YouTube um, alerts me and the content... Uh, not the content ID. Or yeah, this kind of the content yeah. ID section. And YouTube's like, hey, there's a 100% match of your video in someone else's video. I still won't take it down. The only time I did was it wasn't a 100% match. It was literally just my video, which was still up on my channel. Someone downloaded it and put it on their channel with like five subscribers. And I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, but no, like even if you like watch my video all the way through and it takes you two hours and you include 100% of my footage, I'll just still leave it there because I understand it's transformative. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like creators don't want to be like the YouTube bots because anytime I'm interacting with old media content, like things from NBC or UMG, because content ID, the bot system is so incapable of distinguishing between fair use and re-uploads, just everything gets claimed, struck down, blocked worldwide. So I just feel like we don't want to facilitate that upon ourselves when it's already just everywhere if you use any bit of copyrighted material what percentage of your videos do end up getting claimed not very many thankfully because i try to um proactively edit them in a way where that's not going to be a problem but anytime i do any sort of music content because i have a few music reviews on my channel that's i can just know that's gone (laughs) like that's not something i'm going to make money from also i do a lot of live streaming and Every single live stream that I upload to YouTube gets claimed and half of them get blocked, which is why um, very counterintuitive. Well, because on my Twitch stream, I just react to a lot of content. Like, for example, on the Twitch stream, I might say, hey, I was on the Ice Coffee Hour podcast. Let's check me out there. So obviously, like watching a YouTuber's content, I know I'm going to be fine. But then if I'm on stream, like, hey, look at this SNL skit. It's relevant to oh, today's SNL. topic. Yeah, yeah, they're horrible. Yeah. Kevin did an SNL skit. I think it was like a two hour long live stream. And yeah. uh, I think he watched them for like 15 seconds. 
the whole oh, gosh. it was like blocked in countries the whole video was yes. demonetized they were so bad for just a few seconds in the background while he was talking over them I yes SNL was definitely the biggest one that jumped out to me because I was like this was a very short video in a six hour live stream how does this facilitate blocking it worldwide but hey them's the rules apparently so again I just try to work around them instead of you know running into that wall but um it's just such a hassle I can definitely understand why there's like an unsaid etiquette like just leave the video up don't be someone else's headache in that regard yeah so when you were making these videos were you going to college full-time how did this transition for you into a career so i graduated college in 2018 yes i always have to remember and um i had 3,000 subscribers that was like the last sub count i remember having while i was in college and it was interesting because i had just started getting like traction because i remember telling my friends like um isn't this so weird i didn't call myself a youtuber because i didn't have a bunch of videos on youtube i had just put one there and i was telling my friends like look this video has over a thousand views isn't that so interesting and we were all like yeah that's so cool because we weren't youtubers so it was just like funny that one of us had gotten like a crumb of youtube engagement and then i just remember like walking out of the cafeteria and my friend brandon from the other side was like you have three thousand subscribers now you're famous joking of course because yeah. 3000 is not that much but i remember thinking that seems like a lot <laughs> it was kind of in that moment when i realized okay if i went from 36 subscribers to 3000 subscribers i want to see what the logical extreme is and now of course we're approaching um what 2.5 million or something like that yeah. so it's been all uphill from there thankfully yeah so were you just how often were you making videos and what what grew your channel so quickly Mm -hmm. i would say initially it was the consistency so right after college having graduated with honors um with my bachelor's degree of course i immediately got a job at a gas station unironically as one does and the whole time i was there i said to myself you know what and maybe this was dumb but instead of like trying to force my way into this industry whatever nebulous industry you're supposed to enter after college i was like i'm just gonna make this youtube thing work so simultaneously while i was working part-time at a gas station it was about 32 hours a week i was working full-time youtube and making like nothing and i said to myself the very first month that i make the same amount of money or more from youtube than i'm making at this gas station job i'm quitting and i'm going all in even though i was already going all in there were several nights i didn't sleep so i made that decision in february i want to say it was february of 2019 i was like 2019 or 2018 time is not real (laughs) but either way i made that decision in february i remember that and by april just because of the sheer amount of work I had done hitherto and the fact that I had uploaded six weeks in a row, I made enough money that month to justify quitting my gas station job. And then from there, I've been fortunate enough to get like, you know, brand deals and different partnerships and of course, ad revenue. And now looking back at my life, I can see that if I tried to go the route of like, I'm out of college, I'm gonna apply to every studio in my city and I'm gonna, you know, go up the chain. I would not be here where I am right now. So I'm very glad I did what I did. 
Wow. How many subscribers did you have at the time of going YouTube full-time and quitting your gas station job? Now that's a good question. Let's find out if you don't mind me I'm taking sure, a split yeah. second. <laughs> Hold on. So conveniently, I used to say my subscriber count at the end of every single video in that specific time. And I can see right here, I had 111,000 subscribers when I made the decision. Wow, like, that's a lot. That's it. Yeah, definitely. It's the thing about like sub count views and monthly revenue is it fluctuates wildly. The reason I don't like really pay attention to social blade in terms of like how much it estimates other people are making is because so much of it has to do with cpm and frequency more than anything like if you have a hundred thousand subscribers and you're uploading every single day and you're getting fifty thousand views per video okay well then you're definitely going to get like what is that over a million uh, views in a month you're definitely going to be making some but because i was only really able to upload once a week um and the videos were not the kind of content that gets like the views i'm getting now it just wasn't unnecessarily enough to justify plus my cpm used to be pretty bad that i never was able to put my finger on um it's definitely gotten a lot better i mean i don't have you know finance cpm by any means but um we were able to pick that up off the ground but yeah right at um april 8th 2019 was the very first video i uploaded immediately after quitting my gas station job and it felt good because i was like this is it now and if this goes away i'm gonna have to walk right back down the street into there while i find another job it was very interesting that would be a funny title for ours the day d'angelo wallace quit his job i don't know that's good well yes we'll i some, like it i like it we want to do some play on the words exact I think, with this. moment d'angelo yeah, wallace yeah. quit his job wait, i'll give you the time stamp yeah. yeah i'll give you the time stamp d'angelo wallace and then quit oh my gosh and then, yeah, yeah there we go yes. we'll leave it open we'll leave it open-ended love it we gotta, we As gotta you figure should. Out, we gotta figure out something on that so can you talk a little bit about like uh how your income is broken down now like, can you, can, you, can sure. you share how much you make on a, on a video like that? Um, it fluctuates so wildly, it's almost pointless to track. For example, I have two videos that have the exact same amount of views, and one of them has precisely half the revenue of the other, so it's pretty goofy. But an easy way to break it down, just from my experience, is um, you can estimate per 100,000 views, you may be netting um, $1,000. So for example, if you get a million views, maybe you could be like, oh, t uh, five figures right there. Yeah. That's the baseline that goes so that I can plan like business ventures. Like, okay, if I upload these and I'm gonna get this amount of views, maybe I'll make this much. But then we run into crazy issues like videos getting demonetized 19 days after they were approved by YouTube or Clips I didn't realize were copyrighted, just completely negating any um, revenue potential I had. But yeah, in terms of just like, if I had to break down an average, I would definitely say like 10K per 1M is an easy analysis. Got it. And then you're also now doing sponsors in the videos? Definitely. Is there any other uh, income source that you've that you found from, through YouTube? Yes, Twitch is an income source mm. as well. Um, it's like not a super big one. That one's mostly for my enjoyment because I like live streaming. And um, like, for example, I know people make a lot of donations or they make a lot of money via donations on Twitch, but I capped my donations at $5 because honestly, I'm just there to have fun. 
But if you um if like the things I send to my CPA are the revenue I'm getting from AdSense, which is pretty substantial, brand deals, which thanks to my manager being like super on top of it this year, it's kind of scary, has become much more substantial than it was before. And um Twitch is now a source of revenue. Um not through ads though. That's one thing mm. no one talks about. I guess because like no one wants to be that guy, but I would go ahead and complain. Twitch ads are terrible they don't pay i don't understand why twitch lets you run ads like i'll run an ad during a stream and then realize i made like less than one dollar off of an ad run with over a thousand viewers it's so strange so that's negligible but thankfully we still get twitch revenue through um subscriptions and other things like that um that should be your it next be video gr- Twitch, what, like Twitch ads yeah. are terrible. Are terrible. <laughs> yeah. must, yes. Twitch ads Me. must must be stopped. <laughs> Me complaining about not making enough for yeah. ads, and ads I have like have five gone, ad breaks in the video. Yeah, ads have gone <laughs> too far. Ads are they out have, of control. <laughs> ads and why they should go away forever. <laughs> no, but yeah. I mean, it would be great. It would be the best thing in the world if obviously I was keeping <laughs> all the money that I'm making. But obviously, like, what with me being self employed, taxes are a pretty substantial just got into the wind despite everything i do <laughs> to make sure that i being as efficient as possible working with my cpa is giving me all these tips like no don't do that you're so dumb please do this instead i do all these things and then it's still like the money evaporates so there's that and then of course i'm paying um editors and a moderator as well as well as my manager like there's honestly i spend a lot on the business itself because if i don't treat it like a business then it's not going to run like a business and that's not going to come in handy in the future right now i'm very lucky i'm extremely fortunate that i can kind of theoretically i guess upload anything and get views is one way of looking at it but i understand that's not going to be the case forever so i'm really just looking at it as how can i maximize where i am right now and build a foundation so that in the future i can trans into more eclectic projects and still maximize the potential of those as well how many people do you have on your team um off the top of my head it depends on like what you consider like for example my manager is definitely on my team as well as my two editors plus um i have one staff moderator though i do have other moderators on my team and then um so i guess you could say those are like the four core people in terms of like who's actually being paid but then outside of that i have my whole moderation team they're just like flawless moderation team they keep my twitch stream running so well of course i have my cp as well i have um people like from you know how you get like a partner manager via youtube they reach out every few months i definitely consider them to be you know they don't work for me but we definitely work together as well so there's a lot of people who do a lot of things to make sure that things go smoothly for me so i'm appreciative and because of that i'm able to just try to get out the most consistent and most quality uh product that i can how much would you say that costs you every month um i try not to think about that (laughs) but in terms of just like who's getting paid what it's definitely five figures for sure okay no matter what happens and that was a big that was a big commitment i made at the beginning of this year because i was like am i gonna can am i gonna commit to paying other people um a total of uh, five figures a month that means i'm gonna have to make substantially more than that every month which means 
I can't stop. And I was like, but you know what? I like the idea of like not being able to stop. <laughs> I like, I like the idea of like supporting other people and having a reason to do this because the worst part of being self-employed is technically not having a reason there's real no really no impetus when like you're your own boss it's like yeah i could upload today or i could just stay in bed (laughs) and not not do anything so structuring it the way i did it was an extreme overhaul at the beginning of this year was very intentional just so it could facilitate me being in a place to treat this the way i should which is just you know stay on topic continue to provide quality otherwise People are not going to want to watch and just most importantly, like more than anything, have something that I can look back and be proud of. We've uploaded an absurd amount of videos this year, considering the quality level. And I can look back at all of them and be like, yeah, those are all really good videos because I had people helping me and because, you know, I did the things I was supposed to, but 5k or five figures. Yeah. Do you do your own editing? Right now or no? For that- the videos that you watch, yes. Okay. The very long videos, no one has ever like touched a single file of footage for those other than me. But my other channel where I upload multiple times a week, those videos are, I have a, my two editors for that. And then I upload a couple of them, but I try not to because it's inefficient. <laughs> that reminds me very similar of uh, my main channel. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's, I want to say 95% me and then Jack and I will, will convene at the, usually either before or after uh, I film a video about like titles, thumbnails, mm-hmm. but yeah, all the editing, planning, every, all of that is, uh, is all me. And I've always wanted to maintain that. And then Jack uh, does a second channel. Uh, Alex is, is now editing the pod, this podcast Hey, Alex. Hey. So, Howdy. yeah. Would you ever <laughs> give up the editing privileges of your primary channel, your your long-form content channel, or is that something that you want to do forever? Um, I definitely would not trade that over just because I feel like, and this is maybe not something I should feel like, but I think a lot of the reason that that channel is successful is because people kind of get the vibe that it's just me. <laughs> it's just something I'm very passionate about. And I was able to transition that into a video. And of course, there are like the most talented editors out there who could absolutely bring my vision to life. Um, and they do for my other channel as well. But it's just a passion project. That's something I've come to the conclusion of like sure i could treat this like a well for it is business but i could treat it like it's just a business and i'm just a businessman and every hour waking hour of my life has to be efficient and nothing should be done that someone else can do but i really been teaching myself like honestly passion is a big part of longevity in the first place so just because i am so so passionate about the videos i go up there i probably i foresee myself doing all the editing do you think you, you could see yourself burning out at some point in the future? Or have you created such a good balance that you think you could coast on this for forever? Um, I've done it at some points in the past already, for sure. Um, as far as burnout goes, it's an, it's an interesting concept, right? Because in many ways, I do consider this job to be easier than other jobs I've had. But then at the same time, I also consider it to be the hardest thing I've ever done, which I feel like is hard to explain because like as like a YouTuber or influencer or whatever people want to call you, if like you start talking about my job is difficult, of course, you know, you get shut down. But I feel like if I'm like careful about explaining what it really is that I find difficult and where the burnout comes from, people understand a large thing I think is just having other people that you're responsible for because that's what happens when you are like employing people and for context 
I am 22. So I'm obviously, you know, fully grown man. But at the same time, I'm not that old in terms of like having all this business experience to necessarily match the level that the business has gotten at. So that's certainly something that um, weighs on me from time to time. On a good day, I'm just like, I'm fortunate enough to be able to support all these people. On a bad day, I'm like, oh no, if I don't perform, <laughs> it's a bunch of people who are not going to get paid. That doesn't seem right. But um, that's one factor that can contribute to burnout. Another is just trying to be too good, if that makes sense. Because first of all, like, you're never going to be that good. You know, like, you've always just got to do your best, but you can't turn it into like a high art form. So the periods of time I can look back where I was just getting obsessed with having, quote unquote, the best videos um, definitely has led me to burnout. But I just remind myself, people are not watching me for the best videos or because I'm the smartest in the room or anything like that. I'm not. It's just because they can tell I put a lot into it. You know what I mean? So because I've experienced so much burnout in the past, I take precautions to avoid it in the future, if that makes sense. Wait, hold up for a second. Um, you said you're 22? Yes. And you graduated from college in 2018? <laughs> yes. How did this happen? Because I started when I was 15, um, just about to turn 16. And it was, yeah, August, because that would have been fall. August of 2014, entered college. It was um, it was about what you would expect from a 15-year-old starting wait, a wait, bachelor's wait, wait, degree wait, program. Wait, wait, we got to hold up, hold up. So how did it, how do you do it? Like, like, did you skip high, high school? school? Yeah, you, you straight up just, you went straight from like middle school, middle school <laughs> to college. college. How, how does that, like, did you go from eighth grade to be like, all right, I'm going to college? Well, I was like fortunate enough to not have a traditional grade structure, if you will, because I was homeschooled. So oh, instead of just like, yeah, that's yeah. efficiency. Yeah. They could speed Absolutely. you through a lot of that. So, anyway, so explain that, that whole process then. So the main milestones that I guess my parents were looking for in terms of like, are you good? Were, can you pass the SAT? Because obviously that's the entrance to American college. So I took the SAT once and passed it. And um, I was 15 because you can take it at any age. I feel like that's something not everyone knows. Like you don't have to have um, quote unquote finished any um, grade, if you will. You just have to meet the requirements and then you can take it. So I took it initially and it was definitely good enough to get me in. But I said, and I would not do this today, by the way, this was just me being like a cocky 15 year old. I was like, or maybe I was 14. I don't remember. I was like, I can do better. <laughs> I was, I was like, I'm going to take the SAT again and I'm going to get a perfect score on the reading section. And I took it again. I did not get a perfect score on the reading section, but I was only two points off or something wow. like that it was before they had yeah it was before they changed the structure of the test like if i whatever my score was like 1700 or something like that doesn't mean anything because shortly after me taking it they changed it and i think the highest score is like higher than that now but it was a pretty darn high score i was very like lucky enough to get through that and so that was enough to get me into the honors program and they were super excited to have me so the college helped facilitate a lot of that as well honestly though like i don't consider myself like oh i'm super smart and you know i was 15 years old doing a bachelor's program it was more just like i can just narrow things down to what i need to take from it if that makes sense it's the exact same thing i do in my youtube videos which is why people watch them so instead of just being like I need to have all the wherewithal 
of an 18 year old, which of course is not very much. I can say that <laughs> now that I'm in my twenties, I was just more so like, how much do I actually need to know to do well on the SAT? And that's what I took from that. And so from there forward, it was all, you know, fun and games. Did you get your GED or you just, your parents sped you through like every grade instead of spending a year, you're spending like seven months on it. Yeah. Basically the way the requirements work in my state is like, it's a full graduation thing because Texas is pretty lenient, <laughs> which is like either good or bad. There's a lot of interesting things that go on um, in terms of homeschooling, but my parents were just so gosh darn efficient. <laughs> they were like, at the end of each year, they just took a stock of like, okay, what level are you with this? And do you think you could pass this? And if I couldn't, they didn't push me into it. They were like, okay, so this year we're gonna work on this. So like, for example, I remember one year was kind of like an essay workshop, because obviously essays are a pretty big part of, um, the college experience so i came out of that like writing a mean essay which unironically i would say still contributes to my videos today because i can write a mean video in a very short amount of time um and i remember one year i was like stocking up on math credits as well just because it's like you know you got to be able to do the little bit of math that's used because my parents like went to college so they understood it's not the way it's structured people make you think you need like every single credit from every single class that way you can be a fully functional adult you don't you just need to take the required courses and take everything from each one that you need and then just move on with your life so that's kind of how i survived college who are your parents i want to know about them what do they do yeah um funnily enough my dad has the exact same job just not on youtube he works for a bank. <laughs> like, the exact same job. He's on YouTube. He's a commentary channel. Yeah. <laughs> H- oh, gosh. A- His name is Ethan Klein. <laughs> I'm kidding. Imagine. Keep if my star. dad was a commentary yeah. channel, he would probably have more subscribers than me. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I think he's, I think he's funnier. But yeah. the thing about that is um, my dad just knows video. That's from my understanding as his son that's all he ever did that's all i ever remember was just like he was editing something and um even now he works for a bank and he does internal video stuff for them which i didn't know banks had internal video teams until like i showed up as job and like he took me through all like the computer rooms where they have and i was like wow video is universal and this was before i was even thinking about being a youtuber I was just kind of like, I guess, shown the power of like video content to convey ideas and how you can go anywhere in life, but you're always going to need somebody to film it in some way, shape or form, like no matter what it is. Schools need videos for presentations. Banks need videos to show their internal teams, etc. And then so I would say the main thing I got from my dad was just like an absolute love of all things video. Like even now, like when I'm submitting you with this Sony a6600 and we got a short SM7B, it's pretty clean. It might be peaking a little bit because I need to work on the um, distance, but I'm obsessed with that. And I definitely blame him. Um, as far as my mom, she, the main thing I got from her was just efficiency. She's just so smart. <laughs> Like, I I know people say, like, I'm smart and I appreciate it, but legitimately that woman is just scary smart. She can look at any sort of problem. Uh, Well, I mean, she raised me, so she could definitely look at problems and analyze the best way of dealing with them. And um, just from, like, a young age, instead of, I guess, like, me going to her for everything, she would always help me, but she would always explain 
ways that maybe I could have approached it myself as well. And that was such a good blend because I feel like so many parents, they either do it for you and you don't learn anything or like they force you to figure it out or you and you still don't really learn anything. But because my mom had this like, I'll help you, but I'm also going to walk you through it. I've always just believed I can tackle any problem that way. And it's definitely true. So shout out my parents for like the actual rock solid foundation. I've been able to scale it upward into where we are today. And oh. Hopefully on to bigger and better things. What do they think about what you're doing right now? And you quitting um, the gas station job. Yeah, were they upset, <laughs> were they upset you left the gas station? Of course they were upset you left the gas station. Because from their point of view, their point of view was like, you have a job and you're working at a gas station, even though you have a bachelor's degree. Why are you exiting the job force? <laughs> Why are you exiting the workforce? And I was like, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Cause I knew, I knew like how much money YouTubers could make, even though I was making, I made a thousand dollars, by the way, that was the number <laughs> in oh, wow. one month yeah. where I was like, yay, I can quit. <laughs> it oh was gosh. not very much. So with like some extreme, extreme budgeting, I, um, when I told them, and that was my mistake for saying, yeah, my, um, I'm just waiting until I make the same amount of money from the gas station because they knew how much that was. So they were just like, why would you quit a job when you just made kind of not enough from YouTube? But having been analyzing my own analytics for so long, I was just like, <laughs> every time I was just like, just wait, just wait, just keep watching. And I was kind of telling them like, hey, I kind of made twice as much this month as I did before and they were like skeptical but now fast forward and it's just like hey I just signed like a five figure deal again <laughs> and now they just they understand why I quit the gas station yeah. job were they were you worried or were they worried about you um, being homeschooled and not having that like socialization of like going to a school with all your buddies around or what was oh, that like? oh oh yeah 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 I always hear and I understand I understand that um concern but honestly I just got out of the house so much I was fine <laughs> like we would go to the park or like um just to various events and I never felt like I was starved of attention or friends or anything like that part of that too is because I wasn't an only child maybe if I was I might not have had anyone but trust me the house was never empty i had no shortage of like friends either just um it was fun but yeah just there was no real like bump in the road i guess it was a natural progression from homeschool into college it was very Did fun you, you know, you I, I take it on college you're not gonna you you weren't living in the dorms right or were you no i was okay. i <laughs> think i was too young yeah, okay. <laughs> i don't know if it would have been allowed did you go to any college parties um, no, honestly, yeah. even though I'm sure I wasn't quote unquote allowed to, I wouldn't have wanted to anyway. I was extremely like kind of cutthroat in college. Like I got there and I gravitated towards this friend group mm. and, um, maybe I shouldn't admit this. Sure. And so at the end of the semester, I took stock and I was like, how much time did I spend with these people and how much did we all accomplish together? And I came to the conclusion it wasn't enough. So I dropped that entire wow. first semester friend group um, nicely, of course. And I kind of found my core crew. And they were all people who were very similar to me. Like, we were people who it was a miracle that we were going to college. You know what I mean? Like, sure, my dad obviously has a degree. And my mom, I think, spent some time in college as well. But it's still a pretty big deal that I was the first person to really get, like, a bachelor's degree from um a university so it was important it just 
I didn't I didn't feel like I was allowed, I guess, you know, to like mess around. Now, me being slightly older, I completely understand. It wasn't the end of the world. I definitely could have stood to have some fun, but um there is no shortage of it with my friends because like our idea of fun was like we're gonna all finish this godforsaken essay um that none of us care about, and then we're just gonna watch YouTube. Interestingly enough, we watched a lot of Team Four Star, I remember at the time. Wow. Was YouTube something you knew you always wanted to do, or when did you decide that that is what you wanted to pursue? I it just came from me always wanting to make videos. You know what I mean. I my only regret is that I don't have every single video I've created because I feel like I'm trying to scale them up so high in terms of quality. I would love to like look back at where I started, but the main one I remember, the main one I remember, and I was definitely 13 years old because I just I remember having just turned 13. It was quite the riot as the 13th birthday is i had made a fake advertisement for visiting niagara falls a very a very teenager young teenager thing to do because it was like no money to be made off of it i was just like this is funny i can download pictures off the internet and put them into a video this is insane so i created like this fake advertisement i i want to say that my dad shared it in some capacity <laughs> i don't remember how but even just the little bit of engagement if you will I was like, hmm, very interesting. So I've always showed the videos that I've created to my friends. Even before the YouTube channel that people know me for, or either one was in existence, there was a different YouTube channel that I would upload videos to. Um, and that one wound up getting less than 200 subscribers, but still just some subscribers as well. But it wasn't even for like public consumption. I was just leaving the videos public and sending them to my friends because they wanted like art advice. It was just. But yeah, I would say more so than always wanting to be a YouTuber, I have just always been driven to create things. And I feel the most fulfilled when I work hard on something, it turns out the way I want it to. And then I can see that people are getting some form of enjoyment or entertainment or education or enlightenment for it. Then I'm like, yay, I'm here for a reason. And I did what I was supposed to do. We should talk about some drama now. When's, probably we need some views i know when's the david dobrik video coming out i feel like that's oh that's the uh, that's the next isn't that the hot topic Is, um interestingly enough okay. i'm not releasing a video about david dobrik um i know from like a business standpoint that's a very strange thing to say but the reason i'm not doing it is because i've recently been Kind of the same thing I did after my first semester of college where I took stock of like, who am I hanging around and what am I getting for this? I really realized I can still make all of these valid points I have to make, but some people in some situations are just so played out. I don't necessarily have much to add to it. You know what I mean? I know, like I literally know deep down, even now, if I just went back on my word and just put up a David Dobrik video anyway, it would probably get seven <laughs> to 10 million views initially. Right. It might have 15 in right. a year or so. But the problem is, it's right back to what we were talking about initially. Like, is my heart in it? No. I think most people know what the situation is. You know what I mean? Um, I think everyone knows <laughs> what the David right. Dobrik situation is. Even though I have points to make about it, I was happy to make them you know, kind of on a stream outside of that. And that's not the only situation either. Uh, there's him for sure. I know James Charles is uh, going through it, if you will, yeah. as well. Just there's a list of people now that I try to think 
if I don't have anything to contribute, is it possible that I may actually be losing something? Not financially, obviously, but of myself from, you know, diving too far into this. And that's definitely part of my risk assessment before videos now. So you just like being first to the chase, like with the huge groundbreaking no, report. No, you can't because no, but he but he was saying earlier, it's like you got to wait for like the dust to settle so you can get all the facts. Yeah. So it's like you can't For context, first. my yeah. biggest video series, <laughs> which is not online anymore, but my biggest video series, um, I made a good one month after the whole situation ended and on top of that one of the videos in that series focused on something that had happened like a year and a half beforehand i would say i it's some sort of fluke which i will forever be grateful for but i am kind of able to still bring up older situations and have people watch like one of the series i'm very proud of is my um paul brothers series because that wasn't just another i don't like logan paul video i actually did like an analysis there's a lot of storytelling about my personal opinion of how logan paul has evolved a little bit and it's kind of underrated and um that was just like old news though yeah. <laughs> like for me say, it was more yeah. about the story i liked that video a lot and uh oh, you watched that one? i yeah i did i i watched i would say probably of of that main channel of yours i probably watch i've i've seen every video uh at least <laughs> going you. back like a year and a half um yeah that's where all the good ones are <laughs> right uh but i remember watching that logan paul video and initially going into it being like okay he's gonna be a hater i'm not gonna agree with some of these points maybe he's changed and but i i remember watching the video and thinking like you you were very fair and it was very you covered every perspective you covered all the sides and i walked away thinking like you know what maybe you went into this with a bit of an agenda or like you had some preconceived thoughts of, of where this was going to go but you had the humility throughout the throughout the video to kind of shift your perspective a little bit and and i thought it was very fair thank you well that's the thing i don't like need to be correct i just need to be right <laughs> like more so i don't always have to have the last word i just need to know that I gave the most fair interpretation of the situation so that I can feel good about it. And yeah, I was like, bro, this is easy. Paul Brothers, I'm going to get some views. Nobody likes them. But the more <laughs> the more I dug into Logan, Logan Paul's channel specifically, I was like, this is freaking fascinating. Like, I am obsessed more than anything with, like, growth for myself, of course. But the inspiration for my personal growth comes from other people, I would say, more than anything. Just because I haven't had that experience. So, like looking at him just come from where he was to where he is now, instead of just seeing like random internet dude, bro, that everyone hates number four. I was like, this is crazy. This is like a small town kid. He just got everything way too quickly. <laughs> Didn't know what the heck to do with it. Made the biggest mistake in the world for that week anyway. And then instead of just, I guess, embracing his new villain era, he took that as like a signal that he could change things around and now if it takes stock of where he is and the kind of ideas he's putting out there i find myself agreeing with a lot of it i like you know where he is of course i don't agree with everything the dude does but i was like i was like even though i would still get views and i still give the video a negative title by the way because i didn't need the views but even though i would still get views and appreciation for just like trashing look and fall for 45 minutes to an hour i was like maybe people will be receptive to the same journey I went through in terms of research. And thankfully, people were. A lot of people were like, 
no <laughs> i'm not i'm still not a fan this is nothing for me but there are a lot of people who were like wow i never thought of him yeah. like that and that was really a, like a teachable moment for me i was just like oof i have a lot more power <laughs> than i realized not something i gave myself but i can be mindful i can tell other versions of stories that we're all familiar with would you make videos on on positive topics and like highlight good uh, in, mm-hmm. in a sense that like, cause, cause right now it's, it's leaning into like, and I get it, the negative aspect. I, I of anyone who understands that the stock market falling does 10 <laughs> times the amount of views as the stock market went up. I get it. Um, do you, do you have this, uh, the same mindset is that it's, it's easier to lean in with the negative and then change perspectives or would you ever do a video like highlighting let's say like mr beast goes and does the you know donates blah 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 like would you ever do something like that i really just look for points i can make more so than like whether a situation is good or bad the point i was gonna make <laughs> with um the fall brothers initially just wound up changing so far off course and that became a journey in and of itself but i have like a few videos on positive topics they're not the ones that i'm known for interesting of course not why would i be known for those i have a couple of really good album reviews on there on my other channel i did like just a whole um, it was obviously a shorter video, but like about Dolly Parton and the things I like there. But as far as just like me, like doing the exact same process to a more positive topic, I don't want to give too much away, but I've been toying with the idea of just going off on this really obscure, <laughs> obscure thing that nobody cares about. Because the thing is, like, you've got to experiment. First of all, I'm very grateful to have the subscribers and the views I have. But if I just keep doing the same thing over and over and it's like bad thing of the week number four, sure, I'll keep getting that. But am I going to get any growth from that? No, because clearly that's one thing I can do well. So I want to make a video where I bring the same level of obsession with detail, but to something very obscure. I just want to see how many people I, how many people watch it and what they think wanna, about me. What is it? We want to know. Um, I, I, I don't want to say because this? then... We'll bleep it out. Deal? Okay. Okay. Perfect. Bleep it out, um, Alex. Okay. I want to upload... <laughs> wow. I would love you know that. what? That's a, I would love I, it. That's interesting. I don't know if yes. it would hit with me. I would... Pro- okay. So, you know what? I'm going to tell you from my perspective, and this is, this is now your non-audience. I'd click of on course. it, and if it doesn't hook me in the first minute or two, I'm out. Uh, because it's not a topic that I would be into. But if you hooked me after a minute or two, I'd be like, all right, let me give this five minutes. If I'm still hooked, let me give this 10 minutes. And then after like 12, you got me for the rest of the video. I would, I would no watch, worries. I would that up. I would love a video really? like that. No yeah. worries. I, I always go through that reverse engineering process just because I understand. I would say more than the first minute, like the first 30 seconds are it no yeah. matter how many sponsors i have well it's only ever one per video no matter how big the sponsor is or how many topics i'm talking about if you don't provide some sort of roadmap um or just even a teaser of what to expect or some sort of flash or appeal i i tend to lean into the flash aspect like i will edit this like banger intro <laughs> I'll download music and I've got like the um, instrumentals going off with the audio clips, like something you would see on Netflix, just because I need people to be like, I see that you've chosen to spend an hour. Very interesting. I spent a lot of time in this as well. So we can like spend this hour together. So yes, were I to do this sort of topic, I would absolutely treat it with the same like, hey, I'm going to respect your time. 
because I'm just grateful for one view, let alone however many it's going to get. But also, you're about to see how much time I spend on this as well. I feel like it's it's so infectious. <laughs> mm, wow. Um, what other what other topics do you think you might want to talk about that you would want to bring light to that maybe people don't know about or like issues that you see doesn't need to be YouTube related. It could be something, Hmm. probably something outside YouTube or something that you see where it's like, that might make a good video. I don't know about that, but this is an issue that I think is worth bringing up. I guess if I was to make some sort of like, (laughs) like the last video I would ever make or the most important video I would ever make that I don't see too many people talking about, I would just want to upload a video telling people like what it's actually like to be a YouTuber, if you will, because obviously the only thing people see is like, um, well, this is the only thing people can see. It's like a box basically, which is a window into your room. You know, we have a play button. We have some cool stuff, studio lights, but so much work goes into it. So much money of your own pocket money is involved so many feelings and experiences and relationships that you have to form as well and um it does affect you i feel like because i had no idea and i only ever saw people playing video games or talking about funny videos i was just so wildly unprepared because so many people want to be youtubers understandably i would love to just spend the same amount of detail like outlining how it's been for me <laughs> things you might have to look out for you know why a lot of it is as good as it seems and why some of it is not that's definitely something i feel like people don't talk about enough and i understand why again people are not i guess receptive to having the magic broken because then they can start feeling alienated very easily but i feel like the majority of the problems i experience as a youtuber just come from the fact that i am not a youtuber i'm just a person (laughs) you know what i mean anyone in this situation would probably just have similar feelings there's just so many things that don't get solved i guess by having your dream job and that's kind of what i would love to make a video about where do you take it from here in terms of just general do you want to continue making youtube videos for the rest of your life oh that's a great Oh, well, the rest of your life is big wordings. I tell everybody politics. You got a good voice for politics. I think people would vote for you. That's that's true, actually. Yeah. Forget the policies. I could deliver the, I could deliver them very compellingly. You, could, um, you, would, you, would, you would do your policies through like a one-hour YouTube video. Yes. Wait. The, like the, <laughs> that's you know, kind of not a terrible idea. It's a, it's a especially good, yeah. and you would And you would just, you know demolish all your competition oh by putting together God. absolutely like, like oh a i'm uploading a reaction video to your speech tonight look oh, out for that yeah. <laughs> reacting to that would be horrifying dude, no that would be so good you imagine yes. just doing reaction videos and like coming out with your own hit pieces of just like why you shouldn't vote for the other person coming did, yes i would love that oh gosh i would so watch that no um as far as what i'm going to be doing in the future certainly not youtube for the rest of my life i will probably be uploading videos to this platform in some form or another just because this is where i put my mp4 files <laughs> That's how it started off before I had any subscribers, and that's how it'll be no matter how many people are there to watch them. But I definitely do have, I would say, bigger um, projects on the horizon. Things I'm trying to work really hard behind the scenes with like a team of people that I've brought on because I want to create just other things for people to experience. I'm really, really, really glad and fortunate. I've just been 
too lucky it's almost a little suspicious how well this has all worked out for me but because i've been given this opportunity i gonna i'm gonna do the same thing i did when i had like three thousand subscribers how far can i take this so all manner of um upcoming content whether that's like fiction <laughs> instead of non-fiction whether you see me i don't know on the bigger on bigger screens than youtube or anything like that or behind the scenes anything like that are just things i've been working on for a while now and once i'm finally ready to kind of debut where i've been headed with this i think everyone's going to be quite excited for it but even if they're not i've only ever needed what i've only ever had which was just the will to create these things and enough people who are interested in seeing what it was i had to say this time where are you saving your money now that you're making ha, i'm you saving investing it all of my money as far as investments i have a lot of it stored away for investing in the future but i'm trying to secure a house first <laughs> just before we start looking into like putting money into um other places not like anything crazy i'm not moving into a tiktok mansion but after that yeah i'm definitely going to look into ways of diversifying everything that i have to make my money work for me because after you have a certain amount it's like there's no reason to run out <laughs> ever again and right. i'm like oh wait a minute i might kind of be getting there so yeah i'm bringing on advisors for sure god you don't need advisors you don't need advice Honestly, i mean just... i have my dad that's yeah. advisor number one two and three yeah, sure. and then my cpa helps me as well okay. and then maybe just one other individual got it so <laughs> so you say you're saving pretty much all of it is that is that the truth almost all of it just gets saved. yeah it's like you would think i sell drugs <laughs> i would that's how much money i that's how much i just leave the money in the account and don't touch it oh. <laughs> if you stumbled upon it you'd be like what's going on here but again it's just there for a split second because i gotta get um these bigger purchases out of the way and then yeah i'm gonna look out what can i do with this some of it's gonna work for me some of it i'm gonna invest right into my bigger projects um i can start additional businesses other than the one i'm running right now um i just it's like the sky's the limit it's very exciting stuff but yeah as far as like spending i'm just not a big spender <laughs> like my car for example is a i don't even like it's oh. a bentley bentega <laughs> yeah well no it's a, it's it's a royce no <laughs> it's um it's a chevy impala okay. 2019 nice it's nice it's not the best ever it's like not even a tesla um is it the, is it the sport that, is it the ss no oh, okay. <laughs> it's just yeah i um first of all i don't even do enough driving for that but yeah as far as like paying for a lifestyle that's something i've completely opted out of so like the money i'm able to make kind of winds up going a long way for me which i'm very fortunate it gives me more to like put into the projects i'm excited about and stuff like that but yeah i um i happen to not have expensive taste which is a cool combo with making some cash every now and then <laughs> how many credit cards do you have um not too many my credit score is actually this isn't like doxing or anything i guess but my credit score is excellent according to credit karma um it's in the, it's barely <laughs> if i like do one wrong thing it might drop back into good instead of excellent is it but yeah is it above i've been killing 750? it 50 above 750 yeah oh, barely so i think jacks. it's seven, 753 oh yeah it's higher than jacks <laughs> yeah and but we're gonna get it up higher than ever yeah it's it's our uh running joke that everyone has a higher credit score than jack <laughs> oof yeah. that hurts yeah how much dogecoin do you have um one million 
That's pretty Wait, good. Wait, actually? Yeah. He, well, we no. were actually talking about this. <laughs> Wait, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, you got me for a second. I, I, I would have believed it. Like, you could have bought a million Dogecoin not to, like, you know, six months ago. It wouldn't have been that much. Yeah. Actually, it wouldn't because it was less than a cent, right? Yeah, I bought in at yeah, less it was like than a third half a, of a cent. It was a third of a cent. Yeah, I actually probably could have bought a million. Yeah. Jeez. But, How um, should I buy no. back then? You bought in a thousand, so you got like two hundred and twenty, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, Jeez. quarter million. Nice, gosh, man. Uh, I was about to ask something. What was I about to ask? I wanted to ask how methodical and like analytical were you in growing your YouTube channel, or did you just kind of have an idea uh-huh. like I'm just going to put out as you know the best possible content. It doesn't matter when, just whenever it's done. And you just post it and you, you had like growth through that. Or were you very analytical with your with your stats and stuff like that and posting dates and times and stuff? Like it was that? a it was a mix of things. The beauty of YouTube's algorithm being an algorithm are that there are pathways within that to replicate and predict success. And there's also a level of random numbers just being thrown everywhere, controlling who gets seen where. So it's not very random. I'll tell you that it's certainly not as mystical as people seem to think it is. So. Yes, a lot of the YouTube success I would absolutely attribute to just me being cognizant of what I was posting, when I was posting, and how I was presenting the content in a way that maximizes um, viewers. But me getting like over 2 million subscribers now, a lot of that did just come from videos just popping off. (laughs) I was like, I made a good video and it just went way crazier than anyone could have expected which i'm very lucky and um so yeah i can't like take credit like yeah i from day one knew i was gonna have you know two million subscribers by this date i was just more like yeah i'm probably gonna be able to continue an upward trajectory and then like last year just it was just went like this yeah uh, oh this is the question i was gonna ask do you think jack should sell his dogecoin um to me yes okay at a discount probably so jack put in a hundred dollars and it's now worth 15 grand fifteen thousand dollars i'm telling him to sell dogecoin is no i'm high no you know there we go i'm sorry sell doesn't sound like hold to me yeah it's a a weird spelling of hold yeah thanks (laughs) That's what I thought. What would what would Elon Musk say? You know what I mean? Diamond if Elon Musk was hold. sitting on that couch right across from you, would you really look that man in the face and say, I'm going to sell my Dogecoin? You know what? That's actually a great point. Thank you for raising oh, such a, do that. a great I'm, point. I'm, so right now, for reference, at the time we're filming this, it's 64 cents. And Nice. <laughs> I... This is it's tough for me because I remember us uh, filming a podcast a year ago, almost a year ago, like exactly almost where it was trading at zero point zero three four cents each. And I put a thousand dollars in it and that mm-hmm. today would be worth, I think it was one hundred and fifty thousand, one hundred and fifty five thousand immediately after the podcast was over. I'm like, ah, it's stupid. I sold it. Oh no! Immediately afterwards, Immedi- and I would have turned a thousand into one hundred and fifty. I would have made uh, like three times the amount that this podcast has made over the last year from sixty seconds of a joke in a podcast. That hurts so bad. I feel like when time travel inevitably gets invented, 
it's not going to be NASA. It's not going to be some offspring of Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's just going to be someone who's so determined to go back in time and invest in the right crypto and stocks. Yeah, I got <laughs> that, that they pull I mean, this off. If, yeah. if if that existed, then wouldn't we now be like receiving people coming from the future? Like, yeah. not if they My were very careful about yeah. it. Because here's a, so here's so here's uh, here's an interesting thing that uh, that someone was talking about on Reddit, and the concept was. If you could go back 10 years from now and you would have a choice to go and invest in Bitcoin 10 years ago and you knew what it was going to do, but your future wasn't guaranteed, would you go and take that opportunity? And the top answer was like, absolutely. I would go and I would invest in Bitcoin back then and I would get to relive like the greatest moments of my life. And I could have have all my friends invest with me and we could all be mega wealthy and our lives would be great. Imagine this is a movie, though, where somebody today goes back 10 years from now. And, and somebody today, by the way, who has like an amazing family, they have a happy sure. job they're living in, but they just want like, hey, I want to help out my family and like and have all this money and be able to help everyone else around me. But they have a loving family. Imagine if they went back, they bought Bitcoin, but somehow by them buying Bitcoin or like one little action along the way caused Bitcoin to become worthless and now all of a sudden that because they bought Bitcoin, they didn't meet the love of their life. They didn't have their family. They screwed everything up along the way. And not only that, but what they came back in time for is now worthless. Imagine that as a movie. Imagine that. And just the whole, that's, that's the, that is the. I think that would hurt my feelings. Yeah, I think what? he wants you to make a movie about this. That's no, what, that's I, what he's I just at. thought that would be, that would be such an incredible movie because it's not what you would expect. Uh, you would have to no. find a way for this to be like, uh, you know, for there to be some sort of happy ending. But uh, yeah, you know, how would you resolve that? I guess he would he have to undo to it back. or something like that. <laughs> I yeah. don't know, but but it just, he presses the wait go back yeah. button, <laughs> <laughs> do over button. But no, it's it's an interesting thing that even if you were able to go back in time for certain things, just want like you'd make the wrong turn on one street, and maybe because of that, someone gets delayed from their job, and because of that, they get fired, and because they got fired, they started a business yeah. that competes with. Like, there's just so many different things that I think could happen. It is crazy the, to think about. I mean, yeah. even in context of my own life, it's exactly like that. What if the one video I put up was one of the mini videos that was just on my PC? I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna upload that. Like, right this second, I'll do it when I come back home. And then I didn't. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's a crazy <laughs> moment? Yeah. Crazy moment for you. I've actually never shared this uh, ever. Uh, when I was, I was probably just, uh, I was, I think I was 18 uh, years mm-hmm. old. And I, this is right before I sold my first house as a real estate agent. So maybe like six or seven months in doing all these leases. But uh, I, I think I, I got onto the show. I think it was like Entourage or something like that. I think, I think it was one of those sort of shows. And for like a week, I thought like, you know what? I haven't sold a house as a real estate agent. I'm going to be a talent agent and I'm going to be able to represent like celebrities. And so like during my downtime late at night, I was sitting there writing an email to like the top person at CAA. And now for those that aren't aware, like in order to be a talent agent, you either need to have a direct like connection or like be kind of like born into that sort of family. Um, or you have to work at the mailroom and then you work your way up. It's, it's very much one of those busy. You don't just start out as an agent. You got to work your way up. So I like, I got the top person at CAA and I had got their email address and I wrote out like this really detailed email 
uh, basically pitching myself of like why I wanted to work with them and why I would be like the perfect person for that position. And uh, I, I was about to send it. Uh, but the guy I was working with at the time came in the office, and this must have been like nine thirty ten. And uh, he brought his son in with the office, Aww. and uh, his son must have been like four or five years old at the time, and goes in and just presses the off button on the mo- uh, not not the monitor, but like the actual like computer itself. The whole computer turns off, and I was like, <laughs> I spent all this time doing the email and like right, yeah, and then of course I turn it back on. The whole thing is gone. No draft. No draft. Nothing. I don't know what happened. It, it oh, my save. gosh. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to send that email. I put so much. I was so, like, dis- oh. disgruntled over that. I was just like, I can't put. Because I couldn't recreate that. Like, when you're in the mood. And I was like, I was just, like, fed up that yeah. I didn't sell a house. And I was just like, I put my heart and soul in this email. Right. This is you, my chance. You can't. You couldn't. I couldn't get in that same mindset again to write that at, at the same caliber. And Jeez. obviously now, but, but part of me wonders what would have happened if that email had sent and I had gotten a response back and I had chosen to leave real estate a month before I would sell a house to go and work right. as like some talent agent. And maybe that didn't work out. And then I'd have to go back to college. And like, so that was one of those moments in the moment. I was really upset. I'm like, oh, why did you come in? But like looking back, that might've been like that saving grace for me where he just turns off the computer and this is like, fate being like no Graham bloop. nope you, you're not sending that email but I, I wonder yeah. like in an alternative universe what would have happened maybe nothing maybe just that email goes on red didn't matter anyway but it's fun to think about. I have enough of those moments where I can say yeah this is definitely one of those but it makes me wonder how many of those moments do I have where I didn't know <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, was even like point. that yeah. big of a deal right like something small happens and I'm like eh. but then that could have been life-changing <laughs> I always believe that and uh, this happens all the time and I'm sure this happens to everybody but sometimes you're like I, I love my phone inside like you know you get in the car and you're like I don't have my phone. And then I go back and look for it for a minute. And then I'm on the freeway. And then there's like, a, you know, the whole bunch of traffic. And then you look at your yeah. phone and it turns out there's an accident. That's like a minute ahead of you. So many times where I'm yeah. thinking like, wow, had I left a minute sooner, I would have been right where that accident was. So right? I don't know. But I always believe yeah. that. I always believe that like anytime I'm delayed, I never get upset because I'm like, for some reason, this is like the universe telling me I need I need to be looking for my phone and like delaying me for some. That's always that's what I think. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. <laughs> D'Angelo, uh, I just want to know what's your opinion on the Content Cop series? Ha! I mean, first of all, it's iconic. <laughs> you know, there's nothing to deny there in terms of its sheer impact on the commentary genre on YouTube. Um, have they withstood the test of time? It's hard to say. I mean, some of those videos are, what, five years old? Yeah. Than- Six? Yeah. yeah. I remember, like, just by the time I watched them, I don't think they had all come out yet, but a bunch of them had, and I watched every single content cop. And I, of course, not being ingrained in YouTube culture, was like, this is insane. There's this dude just dropping bombs yeah. on all these crazy people, <laughs> not knowing that's kind of where I would wind up in very short amount of time. But um, I just think like iDubbbz was ahead of the curb in terms of YouTube commentary, for sure. I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions, but um, they're just funny videos, you know what I mean? Yeah. I really consider like... He and H3H3 in their prime to have just kind of really 
set the tone for a lot of things that are still going on in commentary YouTube yeah. today. Part of me doesn't know if that would be if 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 iDubs were doing the same videos today, if if that would be acceptable. I almost feel like that you could get away with that stuff five six years ago, but today it for doesn't, sure it doesn't have the same punch to it like it would back then because yeah back then no one was doing it making these 30 minute long you know whole like yeah. displays uh were, that was big but now i feel like uh you know has it been watered down a little bit um you know i'm sure if you made a video everyone would watch like, I, would I, would, love it. I would love it yeah. i would love it but i don't th but i think if anything he'd have to be more careful today back six years ago he could say whatever he wanted to and it was just it was good but today it's like like I'm watching some of his old unboxing videos, and I did that like seven months ago to to do a lot of research. And like, I I don't know how he was able to get away with saying the things he did back then, even as a joke. You couldn't do that yeah. today. Well, I just think I know there's definitely like a debate about YouTube's changing culture, but I just follow the money. I'm just like, of course, things are getting more and more sanitized because honestly, advertisers have more and more money to bring to the table, yeah. and. The bigger the advertisers get, the stingier they are, which is why we wind up with like, you know, various levels of YouTube monetization coming from different advertisers. So whereas I, of course, would find it funnier if I was just able to say any and every joke that comes to mind, having to temper things to stay within a reasonable, um, you know, realm so that I can make sure I'm still maximizing my own reach. I, I'll allow it for the AdSense. <laughs> yeah, it's tough for me sometimes because uh, I do want to make some like some edgy jokes or like you know say, right. say some dirty jokes that you know some people might be like, oh, that's 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 in a that's PG thirteen. But yeah, I've done my best to maintain as as clean yeah. of an image as I can because uh, yeah, I just want to be family friendly. And yeah, it works out in the long run yeah. more than anything. Right. I would say like individually from video to video, I'm just like, ah, I have to cut this out because I don't think it comes across the way I want it to. And then it might not work. But if I look back at the amount of times I've done that, I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad I did that because now I have a whole um, back catalog of content that works for me instead of against me. Right. I just want to say, for I sure, think that. For sure. What iDubs did with the content cops was a little different, though. I feel like even today in YouTube's landscape, it would be pretty tolerated just because of, like, the, the lasting impact those videos had on you. I remember, like, I would watch those videos, and I would feel so great afterwards, but then I watched someone yeah. else's, like, expose video, like, for example, Leafy is here. Like, I, I would binge all of his content. But still, even after like watching those videos that I loved, it would still leave somewhat of a bad taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which I think is just entirely different to to IDub's content cause, which I yeah. But I some of his videos got removed for bullying. Well, you know, I, I remember just, it yeah. was the Leafy video. Yeah, speaking of Leafy, I know. Yeah. So it goes to show that policies are changing, and it's and it's kind of scary too that they could go back. And you could make a video today that 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 complies today, but that doesn't get grandfathered in. That you could make a video, it's fine, but three years from now something changes, they could go back and say, oh, we don't allow that anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a, little, a little scary. For sure. And that's why I'm just diversifying <laughs> and forging a path that leads to opportunities off-platform. Because yeah. <laughs> I definitely see it. It's just, it wouldn't be a problem if things didn't change so much. Like, if you look at traditional TV, old media, 
things change over decades. So for 10 years, maybe you're allowed to do this, but then someone's super bored and they write a new law. Now, oops, we've all got to change over to this new format. And so you can very slowly and deliberately track changes in etiquette or even just like technical specifications. Like I remember when everything had to be HD <laughs> for it to air uh, before that was the case. But um, with YouTube, it's just like, surprise, we have new guidelines yeah. and half of your videos are not following them. And it's just like, what? That huh? What is what is promoting all of this? So yeah, instead of just trying to get too caught up into all of that, I'm just like, oof, what is there to be gained from this situation for me? It's mostly just the connection I have with the people that are here. So I will just make sure I facilitate being able to get the content out to them as efficiently as possible. You know, if YouTube gets in between that, I will just find other ways of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you get your free stock down below in the description when you sign up for public because it's worth all the way up to $50? Wait, are you serious? Where's yeah. the link again? It's in down below in the description. Oh, snap. Well, I think after this amazing podcast, I should follow that link and get my free stock. Yes, because it's worth all the way up to $50. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. And Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. This is this has been the best surprise. I feel like every episode, Jack, you should just surprise me with somebody. <laughs> How am I supposed to one up this? I don't Get know, Mr. We, Beast next. Yeah, we need Mr. <laughs> there Beast we go. Yeah, on sure. the channel. But seriously, guys, thank you so much for watching. If you guys like episodes like this, go and destroy the like button. Go and subscribe because it's totally free. You get to see an episode every single week. And then, Daniel, we'll link to all of your information down below in the description. Go and check you, out his you. channel. Watch these videos. They're absolutely incredible. And, uh, yeah, With thank that you. Said, With that next said, time. until next time. 50 second ever episode of the okay. iced coffee hour.